Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli, here to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. With that said, Jake, I literally have not touched base with you in the past couple days. What have you been up to? Oh man, it's been crazy. Uh, I think you've, you've mentioned earlier that your life's been just as nuts as mine, but I mean, mm -hmm. things have been really blowing up in the crypto space, as they almost always are, like we talk about in crypto Twitter, but uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Farm is expanding greatly. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, yeah, anyways, let, just, uh, we are, we're going to talk about, as we always do, um, cryptocurrency, because that's what this is all about, but uh, this content is for entertainment purposes only. And any comments made by us, the host, or any guests we have on the show is not financial advice. Nope. Let's get on to the crypto top 10. All right. Starting off with Bitcoin, settling at $56,231.70 with a 70 loss of 1.5% and a market cap of $1.062 trillion. Number two, Ethereum, settling at $4,510.32 with a seven-day gain uh, 5.7%. And number three, Binance Coin settling at $612.81 with a seven-day gain of 3.6% and a market cap of $102 billion. Number four, Tether settling at $1 with a seven-day gain of 0.3% and a market cap of $75 billion. Number five, Cinco. A Solana settling at $224.39 with a seven-day gain of 9.2% and a market cap of $68 billion. Number six, Cardano settling at $1.54 with a seven-day loss of 7.8% and a market cap of $49 billion. Number seven, Siete XRP settling at 96 cents with a seven day loss of 6.1% and a market cap of $45 billion. Number eight, USD coin settling at $1 and a seven day gain of 0.1% with a market cap of $38 billion. Number nine, Polkadot settling at $35.29 with a seven day loss of 7.9% and a market cap of $37 billion. And last but not least in our top 10, we have Dogecoin settling at 20 cents with a seven day loss of 6.3% and a market cap of $27 billion. All right, that there, Cryptonauts, is our top 10 daily stats. Uh, Jake, is there anything else you're looking at other than the top 10 that's uh, quite interesting? It was interesting to see that you know, Crypto.com is still holding in, in the top 15. Um, but it's it, Probably the most intriguing thing to me was in looking at other charts. I was looking at uh, coin market cap, and then a couple other uh, large trading houses like Binance. Noticed for a while that Avalanche had jumped into the tenth spot. Obviously, each trading place doesn't trust you know the exact same house exchange houses the same. So you know, CoinGecko is a listing service like Coin Market Cap. And coin market cap was showing Avalanche in the tenth spot for quite some time. Now they are pretty close together, 26.2 and 27.1. That's not that far apart between Doge and Avalanche. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting to see other ones going. Oh yeah, Avalanche is in tenth and Doge is in eleventh. And I was like, no, I don't think that's accurate. But it just depends on who you're trusting because from one exchange to the next, it, it could be thousands of dollars difference. It's just so hard to transfer between exchanges quickly enough to make the difference. So not like the U.S. stock market. It's it is its own thing. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, we got talking about candies in the market cap. Yeah. Total market cap. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here we go. Wow. Look at bats. Bats is looking real good. All right. So here we go with your overall total market cap at two point seven two trillion dollars, down by two point six percent. All right, that is, yeah, that's your market cap. Make sure you collect your candies. Head up to the top right corner in coingecko.com, obviously, and hit the little candy jar. Click collect. As you can see here, I am collecting 60 candies for today, and you can get your rewards. And I'll pass it over to Jake. I really appreciate that you are esteemed guests and listeners are listening to our podcasts every wednesday and sunday we really truly appreciate that if you appreciate it we would appreciate it if you'd hit the like button and if you want to listen to more hit the subscribe button also the notification bell to hear us every wednesday and sunday also on youtube but as well on anchor you can check us out on discord and uh we have recently put up or oh, we're going to do the, the market thing coming out the first of the year john mm-hmm. announced this it's the big announcement if you want to know about all the neat things you can do in discord you got to come out and check out our actual discord by clicking on the link and going to it mm-hmm. you can also sign up on patreon and, and help support the channel three dollars five dollars or ten dollars um there's extra additional content in there such as other videos and um uh, other treats things like uh tokens and the nfts <clears throat> also if you'd like to donate you accept Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, and Basic Attention Token. All the links and description are in the description below. Below, below, below. All right, Cryptonauts, let's head on over to the news, decrypt.co. All right, that's where we're getting our news from. The first news article is written by Jason Nelson, Silk Road founder Ross Oldbridge, to launch NFT collection on Ethereum. Wow, look at that. That's pretty interesting. It, it, I'm guessing this is Ross and his uh, his his buddy in the holding cell or the uh, the uh, yeah jail in prison cell. yeah <laughs> prison cell. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. They got. Let's see. Describe what you see here. Is that a kitchen knife uh, in the back on the wall? No, those seems, are socks. It those seems are like socks. Okay. Living a little better than that, but it doesn't look that great because the one guy's bearded up and and uh, it looks like there's a couple containers under the bed. That's probably. I mean, it looks like a prison cell, but a lot more stuff in the room than you normally have in a prison cell. It kind of looks like a prison cell from like 100 years ago. Mm. So. All right, let's see what's going on here. Ross Oldbridge, the founder of the defunct Silk Road Marketplace, announced via a Medium post that he is auctioning a line of NFTs detailing various points in his life, from childhood to his time in prison. Mentioned on, on Ethereum, the Ross Old, Oldbridge Genesis Collection will launch Thursday at the 2021 Art Basel event in Miami. The auction will run from December 2nd through the 8th on the super rare NFT platform curated by Entopic. Entopic, right? In, in, no. Entoptic? Entoptic. Entoptic. There we go. Yeah. The collection will include 10 items from the Old Bridge, including artwork, writings, and original animations by digital artist uh, Le, Le, what is it? Levitate. Le- levitate. Oh my goodness, that's levitate, of course. Including a voiceover by Oldbridge. Quote, here's a quote here. I was 29 years old when I was arrested. Suddenly, sitting in prison, I had time for drawing again, Oldbridge wrote. I reconnected with my artistic side, producing illustrations that told the story I was going through. 
Having been incarcerated since 2013, Olbridge has hasn't fully participated in the NFT explosion taking over crypto. The Silk Road creator wrote that when someone suggested selling his art as NFTs, which are digital tokens of ownership, he had no idea what they were talking about. But with the help, uh, with the help of others, he learned and began developing them. The freeross.org website run by Oldbridge's mother, Lynn, says the NFT launch will act as a fundraiser for both prison support and Oldbridge's freedom efforts. And here is a tweet from Entoptic. This has been the most meaningful project in our lives, December 2nd. Let's check it out. Let's mute that real quick. Decades of incarceration stretched. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Little video here. Decades of incarcerations stretched out in front of in front of me as I face the future. I find myself looking for meaning and purpose. Why am I here? What good can I do with the time I have left? I hope that helping my fellow prisoners through my art is one way. Written by Ross Oldbridge. And it looks like we're walking how do you get down. This, how do you get this footage? Oh, that is that. That's his. That's his prison cell. Oh, it's that's is that's got to be. Um, no, it's what? It's a CGI. Okay, coming December second, twenty twenty one. Which is what? That's that's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, already in December. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's oh, definitely yeah. CGI from oh, some yeah. video game. Yeah, I can see. In collaborations with Levitate, Entoptic, Super Rare, FreeRoss.org, and Ross Oldridge. Until we meet again. Hmm. Interesante. Hmm. A charitable NFT project in direct collaboration with Ross Oldridge. Super Rare. Hashtag free Ross. Hmm. Free Ross dot org. Hmm. Hmm. I just, this has trappings uh, of the uh, Tiger King uh, movement. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I want to see what he has. I'm kind of curious. Well, don't want to don't want to just loll on that too long. So let's move on to the next news article. This next news article. Wait, do you want you don't want to look any more into? Yeah, there's there's not much more to the article. Let's go on to Metaverse. <clears throat> Metaverse land sales on Ethereum Solana top 100 million in a week by Matthew DeSalvo. Wow. Interest in Metaverse land, uh, virtual real estate, and the hottest new craze in crypto is exploding. And over $100 million was invested in the last week alone, according to crypto analytics site DAP Radar. Metaverse land is virtual property in the form of NFTs, unique met digital tokens that can represent ownership in just about anything online, such as art, audio, or in this case, a piece of Metaverse itself. This Metaverse activity exists on the Ethereum network, the blockchain that powers the second biggest cryptocurrency project by market cap. Though competing network Solana is quickly picking up the pace. In the metaverse, regardless of which uh, network investors can buy the land, build on their own build their own virtual world on top of it, and eventually interact and explore as avatars, although all through NFTs, pardon me. 
Investors are on a metaverse land buying frenzy. Mm, that sounds like Upland. Sorry, partly because of Meta, formerly known as Facebook, the seventh biggest company in the world by market cap, rebranding a bid to focus on creating an NFT metaverse. Wave of attention toward virtual worlds like the Sandbox and Decentraland started with Facebook's rebranding to Meta, said Dapperator in a blog post. Undoubtedly, Metaverse Land is the next big hit in the NFT space, outputting record sales numbers and con uh, constantly increasing NFT prices. Virtual worlds are the new top commodity in the crypto space. Metaverse events are becoming an industry standard in the crypto space. Last week, 86.56 million was spent on land for the biggest Metaverse project, the Sandbox. Adidas last week partnered with the Sandbox and sports, the sportswear giant said that the metaverse was one of the most exciting developments in digital, helping it gain traction to the top metaverse project. Other big brands and celebrities invested in the sandbox include Japanese tech investment firm SoftBank, LG Technology Ventures, blockchain uh, gaming company Animoca Brands, and rapper Snoop Dogg. <clears throat> Next up, the land sales, according to Dapraider, was Decentraland, the investor spending 15.53 million in it, it, putting it in the last seven days. Dreekrip last week explored the virtual decentralized game world and it is already popular with NFT real estate companies. NFT based virtual real estate company Metaverse Group uh, last week spent 2.43 million on a plot of its own virtual land. Why'd they buy their own stuff? CryptoVoxels and uh, Sonamium Space two other Ethereum virtual worlds, sold 2.68 million and 1.1 million last week in sales respectively, said DappRadar. DappRadar's figures, however, just look at Metaverse land being built on Ethereum. Solana, an Ethereum competitor, and network behind the fifth biggest cryptocurrency by market cap, has also seen an explosion of interest in NFTs that seek to plug into the Metaverse. Portals, which itself describes, which describes itself as the Animal Crossing meets SimCity meets Sandbox slash Decentraland Metaverse platform on Solana. <laughs> Talk about complicated. <laughs> Just launched on Friday and has already sold nearly $10 million worth of MNTs. $1.65 million through its initial sale of 5,000 portal key cards and around $7.5 million secondary sale, sales on Solana NFT marketplace Magic Eden. It's enough to place it third just behind Decentraland on top of on the list of top-selling Metaverse NFTs in the last week. Magic Eden, which itself only launched four months ago, has quickly risen to prominence among uh, various competing NFT marketplaces on Solana. According to Variant Fund co-founder co Li Zhen, Magic Eden now has roughly half as many users as the leading Ethereum NFT marketplace, OpenSea, though it's already processing twice as many transactions because it's better. Hmm. Sorry, I just... You'd think, you'd think I wouldn't hate on Ethereum so much considering I literally farm it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for profits, but not good for utilization, huh? It's good for other people, I guess is the way of putting it. It's mm -hmm. like, I know if anybody, I, I know for a fact that at least one of my customers listens to the podcast, but I know he's already kind of moved on to other things. Um, he's just kind of waiting for this to peter out. And I know that the other people who are involved, all my other customers are already aware that Ethereum's going to go, if you don't already have, you know, or lump sum of Ethereum invested 32 Ethereum in order to become a you know authenticated staker, you're probably SOL when it comes back to mining because it, you know proof of work's going away. So everyone's picking up the pieces and going, um, we need to move somewhere else. Uh huh. So 
one of the biggest farms that I personally know of that's run by, you know, just regular Joes. It's, um, what's his name? Um, to be tripping. It's already moved to ASICs for other purposes than Ethereum. So, hmm. too bad. Bye-bye, Ethereum. Uh, you know, you're still going to be doing stuff, but uh, Solana's going to kick your butt if you don't change. <laughs> All right. Next news written by Stacy Elliott. Bitcoin futures trading rises on CME as FTX US. Crypto.com prepares to enter market. There's mounting evidence that it's been a big year for crypto derivatives, contractual agreements to buy or sell crypto assets based on future prices. The latest signal comes from a Glassnode report that notes excessive leverage, the high risk inherent in using a relatively small amount of capital to speculate on the price movement. In derivatives, markets makes them worth watching as it can unwind in a fairly spectacular way from time to time. For example, open interest, outstanding contracts that haven't yet settled or expired across all Bitcoin derivatives. Markets slid from the 12 to $14 million uh, highs seen in October and November Open interest currently sits at $10 million after contracts pegged to November 26 expired last week. Even with the drop, Glassnode says open interest and future volumes have been rising steadily since Bitcoin futures backed ETF's ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, BITO, of Valkyrie Bitcoin Strategy ETF, BTF, uh, that's a ticker, and Vanek Bitcoin Strategy ETF, ticker is XBTF launched in the u.s contracts on the u.s based cme derivatives exchange represents 19 percent of all future open interest that's almost double what it was in september according to glassnode over the same period trading volume in bitcoin derivatives on cme has grown from 1.4 percent to six percent that growth comes despite the fact that the etfs themselves have seen pretty moderate success after the fanfare surrounding their launches together their assets represent roughly 15 percent of the current current $10 billion open interest. ProShares ETFs reached $1 billion in assets over the two days uh, two days faster than any ETFs before it. Now it sits at $1.4 billion, but its shares price has dropped 13% since launch. Valkyrie's BTF with $58 million in assets under management, um, AUM, has lost 7% off, it, off its debut share, share price and Vanex X BTF with $11 million AUM is down 4% from its launch. There's also signs that big exchanges have been jockeying to give CME some competition for US-based customers looking to trade crypto derivatives. Just today, Singapore, <clears throat> excuse me, just today, Singapore-based crypto.com announced that it paid $216 million to acquire two companies, North American Derivatives Exchange, Nadex, uh, and Small Exchange Group, IG Group, uh, a London-based financial service group, once the ink dries on the deal, pending regulatory approval, of course, Crypto.com will be able to offer derivatives and future products to its U.S.-based users. This is the same company that has its logo splashed all over Formula One races since the, since the summer as a part of a $100 million partnership deal and recently spent $700 million for the naming rights to the Staples Center in Los Angeles. In October, FTX's U.S.-based arm completed its acquisition of derivatives exchange Ledger X. Through the deal, which includes renaming Ledger X to FTX U.S. derivatives, the company has gained U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission licenses. 
that means it can now offer Bitcoin and Ethereum options as future contracts to its customers. FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, who had been who had a big year for acquisitions and partnerships, called it probably one of the most exciting announcements we've ever had. And here's a tweet from SBF. This is one of those things that uh, it's the kind of thing that Binance is going around doing. Like, well, if you just buy this company, we can technically do all these other things without having mm. to go through all the rigmarole of yeah. writing our own contracts. Yeah, exactly. Let me go ahead and wrap this up here. Coinbase has meanwhile taken a different approach. The publicly traded crypto exchange submitted paperwork in September to register as a futures commission merchant with the National Futures Association. As of Wednesday afternoon, the Coinbase Financial Markets Incorporated application was still pending. Wah, wah, wah. Continuing <laughs> on. Facebook. Facebook again, really? It reverses crypto ad banning following metaverse NFT push. This is by Jeff Henson. Expect your aunts and uncles to start asking you a lot more questions about Bitcoin and NFTs. Don't worry, they always do. Mm. That's because Facebook, the most popular social media app. Oh, come on. Do we really have to say what they are in the U.S. <laughs> among older adults? Yeah, sure. Everyone else is on TikTok said it today would no longer prevent most cryptocurrency advertisements from appearing on the site, which means old people are going to start seeing more ads about cryptocurrency and going, what is this? Doing this because cryptocurrency landscape has continued to mature and stabilize in recent years. And honestly, they're willing to pay us a lot of money. Wait, that doesn't say that. Has seen more government regulations. They're getting cleaner rules for the industry. The company said in a statement, not at all. All, not all would agree that the regulatory landscape is clear, though regula regulators are certainly putting resources toward patrolling the space, like Gary Ginsler. Whereas crypto advertisers, including exchanges, lending applications, wallets, and mining software, previously needed to present the social media company with a slew of information, plus at least one of three regulatory licenses they now just have to present of any 27 different licenses. <laughs> Facebook, which recently renamed itself to Meta, like we didn't know, to highlight its meta metaversal ambitions, first pro uh, prohibited crypto ads on January 30th, 2018, saying the ban was to protect mom and pop investors, the types of everyday folks who rely on the social network for hometown gossip and world news alike. Fraud. Mm. But people to continue to to discover and learn about their own little niches. I mean, sorry, new products and services through Facebook ads without the fear of scams and deception, because we're the only scam and deception. Sorry, I keep reading more into this news. It wrote about the time. That's head. Uh, there are many companies who are advertising binary option ICOs and cryptocurrencies that are not currently operating in good faith. It added that the policy was. This is so hypocritical. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> It added that the policy was intentionally broad as it, it refined its tools and detecting deceptive ads. Mm. So the ban had ramifications across the Facebook platform and meta proper properties such as Instagram. And uh, there are ways around it. Celebrity influence Kim Kardashian, for example, posted a paid promotion on Instagram of Ethereum Max, a token that briefly did the rounds among celebrities this summer. Facebook's blanket ad ban was decried among uh, across the crypto industry. It re its reversal comes at a suspiciously opportune time for the company. Did I not say? 
In addition to becoming more mature in recent years, cryptos has gone mainstream with Coinbase, Robinhood, and other apps making assets easy to buy and helping the prices skyrocket. There's money to be made, so hawking the product is no longer a bad look. Ironically, the reversal comes just one day after Facebook de uh, executive David Marcus announced his departure from Novi, the crypto wallet Facebook has been creating since 2018. Marcus had steered Facebook's attempts to build its own cryptocurrency DM, which it has yet to be released. And, and pardon me, if and when it is, your folks will probably read about it on the only social network they use, Facebook. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm, it's it's all money thing. I mean, does this read like it's an ad for Facebook? No, because we all know who Facebook is, so it's not a question of that. It's mostly just saying Facebook is going to now exploit NFTs, whereas before they weren't really doing it that much. Right. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Okay, let's head on to the next one. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. All right, Square. Square changes. Square changes name to Block, reflecting C. Really? Oh, that's not what I heard earlier. Maybe it was fake news. Maybe it was FUD, fake news. Because on Twitter I heard it was called Spiral, but actually it's right there. Yeah, it's right there, right on. It's renamed to Spiral, not okay. to Block. My bad. Square changes name to Block, reflecting CEO Jack Dorsey's Bitcoin endeavors. And then right below that, it's a smaller, smaller print. Square Crypto will be renamed Spiral. Okay. So let's see. Let's see what's going on since Jack Dorsey resigned as CEO. Okay, here we go. When Jack, I mean, Jack Dorsey's Dorsey, like, hey, if Mark Zuckerberg can rename his company, I can rename mine. Hey, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the new thing, right? Yeah. 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 When Jack Dorsey's... Jack... Yeah. When Jack Dorsey resigned as Twitter CEO this week to focus on his other company, financial payment firm Square, many wondered what it would mean for both businesses' crypto businesses' crypto ambitions. Dorsey today subtweeted at least some of some of that answer. Uh, Square has announced it is renamed itself Block in order to uh, in in an apparent reference to blockchain, the technology that undergirds 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 Bitcoin. Not that the company is expressively stating that block, it says, cr creates room for further growth. We built the Square brand for our seller, seller business, which is where it belongs, said Dorsey in a press release today. Block is the new name, but our purpose of economic empowerment remains the same. No matter how we grow or change, we will continue to build tools to help increase access to the economy. Much of that corporate growth is happening in Bitcoin. Square has been experimenting with a number of crypto-centric ideas. In November, it released a white paper for a decentralized exchange for trading Bitcoin and other assets. In October, Dorsey said the company was looking into building Bitcoin mining machines to go along with a hardware wallet that's already under development. And selling Bitcoin has been a, has been a big earner for the Square Cash app for years. In its most recent quarter, it registered $1.81 billion in revenue, netting $42 million in profit. Bravo. As part of the name change, Square Crypto, a wing of the company that propels Bitcoin use cases, will re will be renamed Spiral. Dorsey is on the record as saying he would leave Twitter and Square if Bitcoin needed him more. It looks like a name change may be sufficient. 
this article is being updated. That's it? That's it? Oh, no. It kind of – I feel like I got cheated. Oh, no. This article yeah, is being updated. That's all there was. Oh, man. There's probably more, but it, they probably chopped some of it off and just said, there it is. That's all. This article no, is being I think, updated. I think it, it makes a good point. I mean uh, – Changing and, and it is obvious that Dorsey is heavily invested, not just personally, but uh, business-wise in, in blockchain. But the interesting thing to me is, does that mean that you can include, that they're going to try to take your name, Blockchain John? They're like, hey, block is part of our, and you're like, you, you don't understand. Blockchain is one word. I have that trademarked. Mm. I, I am blockchain. Not block, chain. That's blockchain. It. That's it. I'm, I'm spiral chain John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the big news that we've been all, well, I don't know if we've all been waiting for, but it's definitely happening. Oh, gosh, this is big news. Egg Wright lawsuit over $57 billion in Bitcoin could be headed for mistrial. Hmm. Ah, what is this going to do? Thank you, Jeff Benson, for writing this. When presented with two impossible options, sometimes it's best to just shrug your shoulders and say, I don't give up. Oh, wait, I mean, I don't know. Sorry. That's the way the federal jury in Southern District of Florida did today with the Clayman versus Wright. Jurors told Judge Bethany Bloom that they could, cannot all agree on a verdict of any of the questions in the fraud trial over the supposed Bitcoin fortune. If the deadlocked jury cannot reach a conclusion after additional deliberations, the judge will or probably can declare a mistrial opening up the possibility that the years long case will be litigated with fresh jurors. Sounds like the jurors didn't want to be there anymore. A bright, a brief refresher. Craig Wright is an. Uh, <clears throat> pardon. Let's just refresh ourselves on who this person is. Mm. Craig Wright is an Australian computer IT professional who says he is the famed Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous vendor of Bitcoin. Dave Kleeman, who died in 2013, was a computer scientist and Wright's business partner. And its estate is suing Wright, claiming that the men together created the blockchain network and that Wright defrauded Clayman after his death. Wright says he invented Bitcoin on his own, though he has not provided the, key, the private keys to Satoshi's Bitcoin address, proof that he owned the account, if he in fact did. Jurors are being asked to decide whether a partnership truly existed between the two men. If so, Clayman's estate would be entitled to half of the intellectual property and the earnings that came from it. And if that partnership involved creating Bitcoin, a lot of money is at stake. As Bitcoin's inventor, Satoshi was the earliest Bitcoin miner. Altogether, he, she, they, whomever they are, earned roughly 1 million BTC in the early days of the network. At Stash which has been remained untouched, now totals $57 billion. Hmm. Claimant were to win, Wright would be on the hook for over $28 billion. The problem, of course, is that Wright may not have the money, unless the prevailing skepticism is wrong and the IT researcher really has really been Nakamoto all along. In January 2020, nearly two years after Clayman's estate brought, uh, brought the lawsuits, Wright's lawyer uh, confirmed to decrypt that the Australian didn't possess the keys to Satoshi's address. Lawyer Andres uh, Rivero said Wright was waiting to receive a delivery with private, the private keys. Perhaps he should call the courier because the court's been waiting. Nonetheless, Wright has continued to assert that he is Nakamoto, alienating a large swath of Bitcoin users in the process. 
he helped leave the fork between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash in 2017 by arguing that BCH was, that is Bitcoin Cash, was closer to his intention for the network than, than fomented another revolt that led to Bitcoin SV, SV stands for Satoshi's Vision, an asset that prom, uh, prominent exchanges such as Coinbase and Binance refused to list over the security concerns. Wright has also been on the other side of the courtroom, bringing lawsuits against those who posted the Bitcoin white paper and arguing that they violated copyright laws. That's I thought. I thought white papers were supposed to be distributed. If it feels like the case has was already decided, that's because it kind of was. In 2019, Judge Bruce Reinhardt found Wright to be not credible, while also recommending that he transfer half of his Bitcoins to claimant's estate, ordering him to pay the plaintiff's lawyer's fees. Judge Bloom overruled all but the fees, teeing up the case to go to a jury trial. After facing COVID-related delays, the jury began hearing arguments in early November and have spent the last four days deliberating. And if they can't come to a decision, expect the ordeal to drag on, probably indefinitely, although this says to 2022. So yeah, uh, to, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna weigh my own two Satoshis here, as it would be appropriate. I think he's full shit. Um, I don't mind saying that out loud, but I, I know that somebody is Natoshi, uh, Satoshi, and you know, maybe it is a group of people, but I know it does seem to point to him, but if it was him, he would have the key. That's it. Exactly. So, you said it. Whoever has the keys, even if the keys are completely lost and no one can ever find them again, hmm. whoever had them at one point is Satoshi, if it's multiple people. Well, even if it was Satoshi, him. you're not him. If he was the real Satoshi, then he would know without a doubt that you should never lose your private keys. Yes, he would know better than anyone. Anyone, right? Oh, yes. So, Judge Bloom, please put me on the jury panel. I'll, I'll do my best to make sure that this is fair and equal to everyone, because Craig Wright is not Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah, and even if he wins this case, which I don't think he will, but even if he does, it still is going to alienate him from pretty much all the quote-unquote true believers. So. Seriously, seriously, if this, if there's a live video of this or a recording of this on YouTube, I will watch every single second of it just to hear everything that's going on here. I, I geek out on this kind of stuff. This kind of case, Craig Wright, obviously he's been part of the crypto space for so long, regardless if you like him or dislike him. He's a part of the crypto history, the Bitcoin history. So I would be that person to sit and watch hours upon hours of just deliberation. Yeah, I would. Anyways. I think it's a he said, she said, but you know, let's moving on. <laughs> moving on to the next news written by Jeff John Roberts. Hey, who do we got? We got, oh, Das Gooch. All right, so we are recording Das Gooch. Uh, let's see. Bitcoin Senator Lumens urges GOP to block Powell nominations over crypto policies. Uh, Senator Cynthia Loomis is asking her Republican colleagues to withhold support for Jay Powell's renomination as chair of the Federal Reserve, citing what she claims is unlawful treatment of crypto institutions in her home state. According to a source in Loomis's, Loomis's office, the pro-Bitcoin Wyoming Republican is also urging Senate colleagues to block President Biden's other Fed nominees, Lael, 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 Brainard, Brainard, oh jeez. Al Brainard, Brainard, Unless the pair of nominees adopt a more crypto-friendly stance, Loomis Loomis's concerns relate relate to the so-called special-purpose depository institution or SPDI's 
which are new type of crypto native bank to which Wyoming lawmakers will have granted a special charter to operate. Kraken. And there it is. Ooh. Two companies, the exchange Kraken and the stablecoin issuer Avante, received SPDI charters from Wyoming in 2020. But their banking ambitions remain in limbo since the Federal Reserve has yet to approve applications for the companies to receive accounts at the central bank. Mm, mm, mm. I can't wait for that to happen because I'm going to get a Kraken bank account for sure. <laughs> According to Wednesday op-ed by Loomis uh, in the Wall Street Journal, the delay amounts to, de to deliberate an unlawful obstruction. She claims that the Fed's rationale for the delay uh, is that it needs to deliberate what, whether SPDIs are bank is a fig leaf since the Wyoming in, uh, entities check all boxes for being a bank under the Federal Reserve Act, including their possessions of requ requisites, in insurance, and custody requirements. Loomis mm -hmm. characterized the Fed's treatment of SPDIs as a de uh, de de Reliction. De de Say it again? Reliction. Okay. Dereliction. Dereliction. Say it the way I said it. Dereliction. Dereliction. There we go. Dereliction. Derek election. Of legal <laughs> of legal obligations by Powell and, and Bernard uh, Brainard. I believe both are smart and qualified, but while Mr. Powell and Mrs. Brainard uh Brainard is that really how you say it, Brainard? It's a real net Brainard. Brainard is the way Brainerd. I would say it, but yeah. Brainard. Brainerd have have said they want to promote responsible financial innovations when Wyoming provided a perfect opportunity. The Fed instead inexplicably chose to ignore the legal obligations. I want to know why, but haven't received an answer, she wrote in the editorial. It's unclear whether Loomis's pressure on her Senate colleagues to withhold support for the nominations will affect the confirmation of the Powell and Brainard, uh, Brainard according to the Bloomberg the chair of the Senate Banking Committee, Sherrod, Sherrod Brown, plans to hold a vote on the Paris soon as this month, saying both of them will be confirmed. But while some Republicans have indicated that they will support Powell's nomination, the margin could be tight given that progressive Democrats, most notably Elizabeth Warren, have said they will not vote for him. Meanwhile, a major fight this summer over the crypto provisions in President Biden's infrastructure bill showed that the cryptocurrency industry has gained new clout in Washington, D.C., if Loomis is able to harness some of that new influence, Powell's confirmation process could become more rocky. Bingo. Got it. All this uh, arguing back and forth. It's a politics as usual, but I mean, at the same time, it feels like they're trying to hold something that's good back, which isn't all that surprising in general. Mm. Uh, the, uh, you said you would invest in, a, in the actual exchange uh, bank, Kraken? If they actually made a real bank. Not, 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 not invest. I would open a bank account. Account, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It would be nice to be able to actually use a regular bank account. But then at the same time, you know, it, unless it's all stable coins, it's gonna be a pain in the butt because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm here to, to pull out. Oh wait, it changed. Oh wait, it changed again. Oh wait, it changed again. <laughs> Can't give you a three dollars well, and twenty-five cents. It's now no. three dollars and thirteen cents. Well, Sorry. No. <laughs> I, I, I would. Mine cracking being well. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would have to think through that and see what what kind of services they would they would be providing. You're right. I would have to look into that. It would be interesting. So I mean, it's like it's like what uh, Celsius is doing now with with uh, giving out loans on crypto. Um, I think that'd be the same thing. It's just the difference is with a physical, you know, Federal Reserve Bank in interface. Um, they're going to be going, you know, 
as legitimate as possible is the reason the whole reason they're doing this, right? Um, and it does say, you know, and the stablecoin issuer Avanti, um, they're talking about stablecoins primarily. Um, but it would be issuing it to people, you know, phys- you know, walking to the bank kind of people. But I think they're also trying to do larger transactions, you know, fiat in- interface transaction type things. Like, what if you could buy bonds with stablecoin? Which I think is one of the questions they're actually going to be asking with this. Um, I think people would be very interested in being able to do that because it's so much faster a transaction than doing fiat. There's so many rules governing fiat, and there's no, almost no rules governing stablecoins. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Moving on to FTX. FTX US opens trading for CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, and other Ethereum NFTs by Andrew Hayward. FTX US launched Solana NFT marketplace FTX NFTs in October with the promise that support for Ethereum NFTs would only be a matter of weeks away. Today, the crypto exchange will make good on that promise. Ethereum NFTs are launching on FTX NFTs today. FTX US President Brett Harrison confirmed Decrypt. Platform will support ERC 721 collectibles and feature popular collections such as CryptoPunks and Board Ape Yacht Club on launch. Teaser image shared by FTX last week showed silhouettes from the Cool Cats and Doodles collections as well. As with Solana NFTs, the FTX US marketplace is a centralized custodial exchange. That means that it is the at the same level as the Know Your Customer Identity Checks and the FTX US cryptocurrency exchange itself, as and that the NFTs must be transferred to the marketplace of their own platform to put them up for sale. FTX NFTs will offer the same payment options for Ethereum NFTs as it does for Solana collectibles, including an ability to buy in US dollar denominations using a credit card or money via ACH transfer or wire transfer. Buyers can also use the cryptocurrency as well as can purchase NFTs via the website or FTX mobile app. Because the NFT sales take place off-chain, the FTX's own platform rather than entirely on Ethereum blockchain users won't have to pay gas fees for actions like placing bids on NFTs, buying or selling NFTs, or changing bid slash offer prices. That said, the users must still pay a gas fee for transferring owned NFTs to FTX platform for potential sale, as well as a partially subsidized gas fee to transfer NFTs from FTX to an external non-custodial wallet, according to Harrison. Similarly, FTX US already subsidizes gas fees for ETH crypto wallet withdrawals, he said. FTX NFTs is currently the only NFT marketplace to support both Ethereum and Solana NFTs, Ethereum is currently the leading platform for NFT collectibles, although Raven is definitely out there. Definitely check out Raven. I know that's not in this article. Recently generating billions and billions of dollars worth of gobs and gobs. No, I didn't say that either. (laughs) Worth of trading volume each month. Although high gas fees for transactions and environmental concerns are common critiques of the platform. That's one of the reasons I don't buy on Ethereum. Only Raven. Woo, Raven. Solana has emerged as the Ethereum's biggest NFT market rival, I swear Raven's in there, over the last few months, thanks in part to its speedy transactions, lower fees, and a significantly lower energy consumption, since it's all POS, proof of stake. 
FDX entry into the Solana marketplace quickly made an impact too. The exchange refused to list projects that made royalty-like payments to NFT holders, citing regulatory concerns, and many creators changed their reward policies as a result. So don't jip your your people or don't you know rip them off. Uh-huh. It's, uh, I'm glad that they're, they're doing uh, Solana. Uh, I just wish they'd include Raven. Although I guess at the moment it would be good if they didn't because uh, just NFTs might, might lose a little bit of their business if someone big like FTX came in and just stole all the Raven. Hmm. Right. I mean, would, would people leave, abandon just NFTs.io if uh, they went to uh, Raven NFTs showed up on FTX? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's a good question to bring up to the community. I'm kind of curious what the answer would be we on all want, We all want Raven to be out there. And, of course, it eventually, you know, Dynamo and, and, and Tron and Cardano mm-hmm. and anything else that's a network that supports NFTs. Mm-hmm. Just because Solana is the big boy or the second big boy on the block doesn't mean that uh, there aren't plenty of other places to buy and sell and trade uh, NFTs. But are we going to be shortchanging our friendly, you know, um, NFT marketplaces if the big boys take over. Yep. All right. Next news written by Scott Cipollina. First and foremost, I had no clue that Elon Musk had a brother. Yeah. Elon Musk's brother, Kimball, Slice, launched Philanthropic Dow. No, it's not Kimball. It's it's just Kimball. Kimball. Kimball launches Philanthropic Dow. Uh, Kimball Musk, Elon Musk's brother, has announced the launch of a giving DAO, which he describes as an experiment in decentralized philanthropy. Wow, Web Web 3 has been teaching me a lot. I've decided to run an experiment to decentralized philanthropy. This giving Tuesday, I'm launching the first giving DAO, Musk tweeted. Want to read the light paper? DM me. Constructive Twitter feedback welcome, he added. Kimball Musk owns the kitchen restaurant excuse me, founded Big Green, a nonprofit that has built outdoor classrooms across the United States. And he also sits on the board of his brother's uh, electric vehicle company, Tesla. Web3 refers to to a version of the internet built on public blockchains and is decentralized. This version also stands in stark contrast to Web2, the likes of which are defined by the rise of the platforms like Facebook and Google and the centralization of huge uh, amounts of user data. Kimball's latest venture has also generated support from many crypto-friendly Twitter accounts. This sounds exciting. The true power of crypto and the blockchain to disrupt philanthropy is yet to be tapped. So it's great to see you pioneering in this regard, said one Floki Inu account. Crypto and charity. This is not the first time the Web3 and crypto world has tied its hands at philanthropy and charity. In October of this year, uh, oof, oof, uh, MSF. Uh, or Doctors <laughs> Without Borders received $3.5 million worth of Ethereum from an NFT sale. This game-changing crypto donations comes at a time where the COVID-19 emergency has compounded the already urgent medical needs of the people around the world, said Jennifer uh, Tierney, MSF Australia's executive director at the time. Last month also saw a group of hackers donate to the proceeds of ransomware attack attacks to charities and NGOs. The hackers from the ransomware group Darkseid used the Giving Block, a Bitcoin charity donation service, to make the donations. The group reportedly did so to make the world a better place. Yeah, hmm. I'm totally cool with that. It's good to see this happening. I mean, it, plenty of, of 
these things one can do, and it's great to see another person jump into the jump on the bandwagon, but not for just for himself, but for the world. I really appreciate that Elon's, Elon Musk's brother Kimball is altruistic and wholesome. <laughs> it's a stark contrast. Still yep. on? Yep. Huh? Can you hear me now? Yep, I hear you. Go ahead. So, DeFi Exchange. IDEX launches on Ethereum scalability solution Polygon. Woohoo, Polygon. DEX has officially launched its hybrid liquidity DEX, or DEX, decentralized exchange, on the Ethereum scaling solution Polygon, announced in May. IDEX V3, or version 3, merges two of the most popular designs for decentralized exchanges. Order books and automation market makers, or AMMs. This is by Liam Kelly, I forgot to mention. Order books are the typical design of many centralized cryptocurrency exchanges. They match buyers and sellers at the various prices and lean on a market maker to help execute trades at various price points. Configuration means market makers are crucial to the success of the platform. AMMs are a relatively new design, ushered in by DeFi heavyweights Bancor and Uniswap. Design omits market maker uh, omits rather removes market makers altogether, allowing users to make trades from various pools of liquidity for specific pairs. Users are incentivized to increase liquidity for these pools as the protocol payout fees for trades made in each pool, effectively decentralizing market making to anyone looking to earn extra on their holdings. Which is the reason DeFi rocks, because it pays you to generate liquidity, and it usually pays very handsomely. As uh, I believe was it Cake DeFi right now is currently paying 77. No, no, it was 87 percent. It was up. 87 percent APY. Anyways, yes, it's, it's definitely up. I'm glad it's up again because it was just looking for more DeFi, uh, more uh, liquidity rather. Each design has its trade-offs, with order books depending on liquid markets, liquid market makers to move orders, and AMM often posing pesky slippage costs to traders. This is also annoying. Uh, slippage, by the way, is the difference between the price when a trade is declared and when that trade is actually executed. So if, you know, you take a minute to decide if you're going to trade, that's slippage. On AMMs, the difference can be large, especially if a specific trading pair is not liquid or illiquid. That means there's not a lot of liquidity in it. In the latest iteration, however, IDEX is hoping to capture the best of both worlds through its hybrid liquidity solution. DeFi has been hamstrung by issues like gas prices, front running, and slippage since its inception, which hasn't been all that long. It's only been around for a year and a half. Yet few solutions have truly offered answers to these problems, said CEO of IDEX, Alan Wern. The novel hybrid liquidity design protects users from these pain points while simultaneously generating higher returns for liquidity providers to boost the scalability of the wider decentralized economy. Each time a trade is made using the solution, IDEX will scan both its order book prices as well as the protocol's pooled liquidity in an attempt to find the most cost-efficient mechanism for executing a trade. IDEX is also rolling out to these, these services on Polygon, a popular scaling solution for Ethereum. Thus, alongside a hefty redesign, IDEX is also tackling skyrocketing transaction fees native to doing business on Ethereum. Okay, so 
To kickstart activity, IDEX is also rolling out four incentives to attract traders. So this is why you should get into IDEX and liquidity providers' attention. Now, I, I, the reason I mentioned this is because I got into DeFi a little bit later than I should have. I saw DeFi in June of 2020 and ignored it because I was like, eh, something new is probably going to be nothing. And I <laughs> have shot myself in the foot more times than I care to think about by saying that out loud to myself or Anyways, when you see something new and it looks interesting, check it out. Don't ignore it, yep. unless it's a person holding a gun to your face. In conjunction with the launch of its V3 protocol, IDEX is unveiling a number of unique incentives for users who interact with the DEX. Traders will, for example, be eligible for the first trade first trade bonus with those who have interacted with SushiSwap or QuickSwap on Polygon. After that, traders can begin earning IDEX tokens for the next 15 days by supply by simply trading on the protocol. The amount of tokens earned is in proportion to the volume traded. So the more you trade, the more you earn. And as many DeFi projects have done in the past, liquidity providers can expect a payout of 1.4 million IDEX tokens per week for providing liquidity to the platform. Wow. Now, the only thing we reference this is when Sushi, not SushiSwap, but when um, Uniswap first came out. Anybody who participated in Uniswap in the very, very beginning, before they ever launched, or they're just doing the alpha testing, um, those who tribute a minimum, the minimum amount in order to get the, the airdrop got 400 Uniswap. When Uniswap started, it started at $8, which means everybody who participated got $3,200 right off the bat. Now, Uniswap is worth like, what, $16 now? So it's up, what, 2x over what it was originally? And at the highest it was pointed at was 4x over its original price. So if those people had just held on, they probably would have made more money. But the point is, for a minimal initial investment, they got $3,200. And plenty of people got way more than that. So this is the incentivization concept that IDEX is going for in order to make this liquidity this new liquidity methodology more lucrative to people who are interested in the idea. Of course, everyone is. They just need to know what they're talking about. So check it out. Anyways, like trading rewards, this payout is a function of how much liquidity is provided. Finally, for those who may be low on MATIC, Polygon's native token, meaning the, pay, the gas part, IDEX has launched MATIC Faucet. Um, when visiting the exchange, users can click the click claim MATIC button to earn free MATIC, or free tokens, uh, Polygon rather. If not for the upgraded design and the, and the protocol, IDEX is betting big that it can attract new users with these attractive rewards. It remains to be seen, however, whether traders will remain without such incentives. So it's kind of like, well, you continue to do it, the incentives go away? Maybe, maybe not. But mm. um, uh, trading through DeFi, DeFi is, like I said, it came out, um, was it early 2021? Oh, late 2020. It's been about a year since Cake came out, and um, is, the percentage interest you can earn on it went down from, I think, where it started out was like 400% or something, down to about 75%, 72%, somewhere in there. And it's still ridiculously high for an APY, you know, an annual percentage yield. Um, uh, you can't earn that anywhere else, unless you're investing in some other DeFi project. So it, it's it's... It's very high because it's still a good incentive and it's still a good way to trade. And of course, it promotes liquidity. And that's the reason so many of these pools have so much ability for you to trade between coins you wouldn't normally be able to trade between. Um, and of course, not all coins have liquidity. But the end game here is if you can generate an incentive for liquidity, then you can promote the very things that make coins not tradable, not not promoting not tradable, but to promote the idea of trade. So 
it, this is a smart thing. This is a very good thing. Granted, it is just for crypto, but it the the incentivization concept is something I personally love, and that's the reason I think that this is brilliant what they're doing. So I mean, if it's very technical, I apologize. I realize that this this stuff is finance tech, um, fintech stuff, um, but and I guess it could simplify if I talk longer. I don't want to go on forever, so. <laughs> We can continue on to the next article. Unless you got something to say, John. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> All right, let's head on to the next one. Written by Andrew Asmakov. Amber Group leads $175 million Series B round index aggregator one inch. Ooh, that's a nice picture. That's actually pretty dang cool, actually. A unicorn. A unicorn looking in the mirror or a portal to another unicorn. Hmm. Decentralized crypto exchange DEX aggregator 1inch has announced a closure of $175 million Series B funding round led by Amber Group. The raise also saw the participation of about 50 other investors, including Jane Street, Vanek, uh, Fenbushi Capital, Al uh, Alameda Research, Celsius, Nexo, Tribe Capital, and Gemini Frontier, uh, Frontier Fund, among others. 1inch is a decentralized finance aggregator designed to help users discover the best trade prices for tokens. Instead of swapping tokens for a single liquidity pool, the project scans various pools and suggests the most efficient way to trade tokens. The team said that the initial investment target was set at $70 million. However, due to the increased demand from the backers, a decision was made to increase it to $175 million. Wow. The next $1 trillion of assets entering DeFi will come from institutions rather than retail users, and one inch would like to facilitate entry for them, said Sergi, uh, yeah, Serge, yeah, Sergey Kunz, Sergey yeah. Kunz, co-founder of the One Inch Network. We have already started to work on that direction by attracting some key players from the traditional finance market, and this collaboration will only accelerate over the next few years. In August 2020, the project secured a 2.8 million dollar funding round led by Binance Labs, followed by followed by a 12 million dollar financing led by Pantera Capital later that year. Among several Several planned initiatives the project intended to use the fresh funding to build One Inch Pro, a secure and scalable platform that will provide institutional investors in Europe and the U.S. with an entry point to digital assets in the DeFi sector. Quote, The mission is to provide access for institutions to a separate and permissioned One Inch Pro service that will deploy the compliance protocol designed to meet both enterprise-grade requirements for accessing DeFi and local laws and regulations where it operates, Kuntz told Decrypt. The raised funds will also be spent on building new protocols and expanding the utility of One Inch governance token. And there's the One Inch at $3.51. In Q1 2022, we plan to deliver a pr protocol which which will use one inch one inch as an insurance token. Users can stake and cover the protocol from losses by taking the risk and earning from the protocol's fees, explained Kuntz. Currently, the project is in the midst of a transition to one inch DAO, an in, in, in initiative aimed at decentralizing the network via a decentralized autonomous organization DAO mechanism. The end goal is to make both the network's protocol and project's native token fully decentralized, owned, and governed by the DAO. According to the team, the addition of the new participants will lead to further decentralization of the one-inch one DAO, making it more democratic by allowing everyone's vote to matter. Last but not least, over the next few years, one-inch intends to at least double its team, which currently unites more than 70 people around the world. Hmm. One-inch is doing things, huh? Nice. I like that. It's good to see them um, making progress. And it's also nice to see that, uh, uh, you know, 
Celsius and Exo were included mm -hmm. in this this yep. round. Yep. So Crypto.com is in the news again. Crypto.com to acquire two exchanges in the first half of 2022, which you actually already talked about in a different article. Currency stats is written by uh, Scott Cipollino. Cryptocurrency exchange Crypto.com has announced a sale and purchase agreement to acquire two exchanges in the first half of next year. Exchanges are the North American Derivatives Exchange, or Nadex, U.S.-based exchange and clearinghouse offering derivatives products, and a platform called the Small called the Small Exchange, a futures exchange aimed at retail customers. Goal as a platform is to offer our customers a trusted, secure, and regulated platform with world-class tools to achieve financial independence. Or, yes, said Crypto.com co-founder CEO Chris Marzalik. This proposed acquisition builds on the promise and will give our customers, on that promise rather, and will give our customers access to an entirely new set of financial tools to complement our current offerings, Marzalek added. ADEX is part of the IG Group, a financial services firm with a market cap of roughly $4.3 billion. CEO of the IG Group, uh, June Felix said, this is a fantastic deal that is beneficial to all parties. We are pleased that Crypto.com has recognized their potential. This will be an exciting time for clients and all those involved in the business, Felix added. This, the proposed acquisition is the latest in a line of attempts made by Crypto.com to make headways into the crowded crypto exchange industry that features names like Coinbase and FTX. That said, however, the acquisition also represents a slight departure from Crypto.com's apparent modus operandi of sports advertising. In recent months, the crypto exchange has made an effort to dominate the sports scene with multiple advertising campaigns, including a multi-million dollar deal for the naming rights to the Los Angeles Lakers and Clippers Arena. The exchange has also inked a $100 million partnership with Formula One, where it could display its brand during races in exchange for helping the organization develop NFTs. Crypto.com has also broken into the soccer world after having become the sponsor of Italy's Coppa Italia tournament this year. The tournament's final also saw the release of NFTs to mark the occasion. So if this isn't an ad for Crypto.com, I don't know what it is, but at the same time, you know, it's trying to compete, mm -hmm. and I don't have any problem with that. Well, Crypto.com is trying to get their name everywhere, which I think they're doing a good, good job at it. All right, let's move on over to the next news. It looks like we have Spicy on the air with us. Spicy, we are currently recording the crypto news of the day. All right, next news written by Andrew Asmukov. Fidelity launches Spot Bitcoin ETF in Canada. And uh, please mute your microphone, please. Thank you. Uh, Fidelity Investments, a Boston-based investment company with over $4 trillion in assets under management, is launching an exchange-traded fund backed by physical Bitcoin. There's little to cheer about for the American investors. However, as the Fidelity Advantage Bitcoin ETF, ticker FBTC, is rolling onto the Toronto Stock Exchange rather than the U.S., an ETF is a publicly traded investment vehicle that tracks the value of an underlying asset. In the case of the Bitcoin ETF, the asset is Bitcoin. Bitcoin ETFs are already available to investors in several countries around the world, including Canada, Brazil, and Dubai. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, however, has so far rejected each and every application for Bitcoin Spot ETF, which would offer direct exposure to Bitcoin. 
Instead, the SEC greenlighted ETFs tied to the Bitcoin futures contracts, something that may be seen as a temporary compromise between the regulator and the asset managers, even though the latter repeatedly speaks in favor of spot Bitcoin ETFs. Fidelity, which is among the dozen other physical Bitcoin ETFs hopeful in the U.S., has stated in its pros prospectus, prospectus that it was free to move forward with its Canadian products as no securities regulatory authority has expressed an opinion about these securities and it is an offense to claim otherwise. The new fund will be actively managed and will directly obtain physical Bitcoin instead of getting exposure to BTC through a derivatives instrument. Quote, this should be embarrassing for the SEC that one of the Americans, America's biggest, most storied names in investing is forced to go up north to serve its clients, tweeted Eric uh, Bal how do you say Balchums? Balchanus? Balchanus sounds right to me. Balchanus. I don't know. <laughs> Senior ETF an uh, analyst at Bloomberg. The move comes days after Fidelity received regulatory approval to launch Fidelity Clearing Canada, ticker FCC. The country's first institutional solutions offering digital assets trading and custody services. Earlier this year, Fidelity Digital Assets, the firm's crypto-focused arm, conducted a survey among institutional investors which concluded that 70% of respondents intend to buy or invest in digital assets in the near future, with over 90% of them planned, uh, planning to do so by 2026. This may also be one of the reasons behind Fidelity's digital assets recently unveiled plans to add around 100 new employees to its staff so it can meet the rapidly growing institutional demands for digital assets beyond Bitcoin. All right. It's it's kind of funny that comment that you made um, when we go up north to, to, to handle its clients. Um, All right. Looks like we got Aaron on the air with us as well. Aaron. All right, we yeah. are currently recording live the crypto news of the day. And we're almost done. Oh, so, yeah. Well, yeah, a couple more articles here. Let me yeah. get this. Uh, see, this one's, that was the last one of uh, for the today. Is there any other articles we're going to talk about here that's from the days prior? The Dow bought Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune Bible, but it doesn't own it yet. Bitcoin mining continues to strain Kazakhstan's power grid. Here's why. Bitcoin stocks fall following the Fed's chair warning of higher inflation. Mm. Novi, crypto wallet. Read that one. You want to? Go ahead. Yeah, Shoot. I want to get the Bitcoin one. This is something we've been talking about because the Bitcoin has been, I mean, all, this, all the stocks and, Bitcoin and crypto have been falling a bit lately, although I think they're up in the last hour. Let's see how it's been going in the last hour. I want to check real quick here. Yeah, things have been up in the last hour, but they were falling quite a bit a lot lately. You know, the whole market cap was down 2.3%. You know, so it was, it hit, well, like 2 2.5 trillion and it bounced back up to like 2.8 and now it's back down again anyways it's all over the place right we all know this is happening on a regular basis uh this is by uh, mark uh, matthew DeSalvo. so uh, bitcoin stocks fall following fed chairs warning of higher inflation sure whatever bitcoin and stocks suffered today as both the crypto and traditional markets appear to have been spooked by the federal reserve chair jerome powell's comments about inflation uh, Bitcoin dropped to 56.245 during a hearing before U.S. Senate panel, a nearly 5% dip from when it stood at 59,161 earlier today. After the Fed chairman said inflation would not be considered transitory. We tend to use the word transitory when we mean it, it won't leave a permanent mark on the form of higher inflation, he said. I think it's probably a good time to retire the word and try to explain more clearly what we mean. 
he commented before, adding that the risk of higher inflation has increased. Dow Jones dropped by 617.69, or 1.8%, at 34,518.25, following the comments while the S&P fell by 76.25, or 1.6%, to 4579.02. The largest cryptocurrency by market cap has since recovered at the time of this writing, was tra uh, trading for 57.432, still down 2% over the past 24 hours per CoinGecko data. Powell added that the Omicron, Omicron pardon me, variant of the coronavirus poses downside risks to employment and economic activity and increased uncertainty for inflation, which also appears to have a bearish effect on markets. Bitcoin, despite often being touted as independent from traditional markets, dropped with stocks and equities following Powell's comments. Sign that the crypto asset continues to be correlated to the stock market and it has been ever since the coronavirus induced market crash in March 2020. Bitcoin is typically marked by its proponents as a hedge against inflation because like gold, it has a finite supply. Only 21 million coins will ever be minted, unlike the US dollar. But the crypto markets again reacted badly to signs that inflation is in the US economy may persist, suggest that Bitcoin and other crypto assets may yet be still too risky for investors in times of market uncertainty. I don't know, versus gold? <laughs> so, you know, I, I personally watch the market pretty heavily because I'm so heavily, not invested necessarily in Bitcoin per se, uh, but Ethereum for my customers and uh, just in general, because I like to keep an eye on, you know, shit coins as well as game coins and all kinds of other things are going on. So I'm not just watching Raven and Dynamo and and um, uh, Ethereum. I'm watching uh, 250 different coins and the markets that they play in. So it's interesting to me whenever I see the market start tipping downward, I'm like, OK, now who said what? Did Elon t tweet some stupid thing again or did... Um, did some other uh, fancy pants, high flutin Twitter person make a comment about something stupid and the markets reacted again. And I hate it when they, they do that because it's like, um, I don't remember who the investor was, was many years ago, like right after the crash of 2008, who, you know, Twitter was still pretty early in its existence. And he deliberately went out on Twitter to make some stupid lame ass comment that wasn't even true just to see if he could sway the market. And he did sway the market a lot. And at that point it's like, oh, okay, people who was listen that. I remember that people yeah. listen to, uh, you know, billionaires. And so whenever billionaires say something, they say, Oh no, I mean, he must be, must be right. Cause he's a, you know, he's a huge investor. It's like, he's just BSing. I mean, he, you know, he cleaned up on that comment and that's why he did it. So it just bugs me that um, we have uh, things like that that people can do. And this is exactly what happens. And I mean, you know, Washington's been doing this for years. So it's not like they're immune to it. They know exactly what they're doing. They know that they can, they they have some clout and they're going to make a comment and it's going to get <laughs> lambasted or it's going to cause the market to, they, maybe they don't want the markets to crash, but regulation, regulation, regulation. All right, Everybody a... here loves Gary Gensler, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Everyone's a fan. Everybody wants his autograph. Sure, buddy. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a few more. Let's see what's worthy. Novi Crypto Wallet Chief David Marcus leaving Facebook. Ah. Hmm. Did you hear about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was uh, the comment. We actually made that comment earlier in one of the other articles. Okay. But yeah, if you want to go into the details, I don't mind. That's listening. fine. Nope. Let's go to the next one. Grayscale Solana Trust launched with $9.5 million under management. Uh, Sloika? Sloika? Sloika. Sloika raises $2 million to propel rising Ethereum photo NFT market. Hmm. That's like the new thing, right? Photography NFTs. That's the new vision now. Instead of just uh, digital art, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. DGEN. Mm-hmm. Uh, MMO game a Farsight takes non-fungible tokens to outer space with C NFTs. Hmm. Maybe that might be one here. Coinbase acquires as Israeli is is yeah Israel Israel cybersecurity firm Unbound. Hmm. Crypto firm Galaxy Digital to raise five hundred million dollars for new fund mining operations. And I think the last one here because I think we read Snoop Dogg right. Uh, Shiba Inu token up thirty one percent after Kraken list Shib overtakes Avalanche. Hmm. And of course, Snoop Dogg, Decentral iDog NFT on Super Rare. Okay, and no, I think we're good. I think we're good. What do you think? We're good. I yeah. think we're good. All right, you want to? There's so many. There's all these people that want to talk to us or listening in on our car, on our uh, live uh, <laughs> a podcast here. Thanks, guys, for coming by. Oh, that's we're right. Really Actually, let's see who do we have. Let's do. The, let's do a shout out real quick. We have uh, we have <laughs> Aaron Crypto Life Crisis, Deacon Smokers in the house right now, and Spicy, spicy. down below. All right. Sorry we're keeping you guys quiet, but we're trying to broadcast here. So Okay, go ahead, uh, Jake. Let's wrap it up. Alrighty, so uh, we appreciate – let me pull up my spin here. We appreciate everybody listening and those who are live with us, which is a rare opportunity. Um, we uh, we always appreciate if you're watching on YouTube for you to like our, our content and subscribe if you continue to like our content. And hit the notification bell because we broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on YouTube as well as on uh, Anchor and everywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on Discord, which is where we're literally broadcasting from. So come join us if you want to see what's going on here. We're also doing things. Uh, in Twitter live spaces on a regular basis. You come check it out. Blockchain John does that all the time. You can catch him on Twitter live space. He'll just start one in the evening Pacific time. Also, if you want to support us on the platform, we'd appreciate it through various cryptocurrency methodologies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, and basic attention token. All of that information is in the description below. Below, below, below. All right, Cryptonauts and everyone here with us. Until next time, stack sats and huddle. Adios.